When it comes to in-person events, there's always the question of, is it worth it? When I think back to some of the most profound educations and things that, that really move the needle for me in my uh, ability to build businesses and to succeed as an entrepreneur, a lot of those things can be tied back to in-person events, people that I met, stuff that I heard from stage, stuff that I heard you know, in hotel lobbies. Today, we have a traditional educator who is new to the e-com world, but he's actually running one of the biggest and most prestigious Amazon seller conferences in the world. He's going to talk to us today about the importance of conferences, if they need to be in-person or not, and how you can better take advantage of these educational opportunities. Stay tuned. It's going to be a good one. Hi, I'm Tim Jordan, and in every corner of the world, entrepreneurship is growing. So join me as I explore the stories of successes and failures. Listen in as I chat with the risk takers, the adventurous, and the entrepreneurial veterans. We all have a dream of living a life fulfilling our passions, and we want a business that doesn't make us punch a time clock, but instead runs around the clock, in the AM and the PM. So get motivated, get inspired. You're listening to the AM PM Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of AMPM Podcast. On this episode, we're talking about education, and here's why it's important. Most of us entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, e-commerce sellers don't always come from a long pedigree. We don't have a lot of degrees in formal education on how to do the business thing, so to speak. We kind of figure it out as we go along. There's a couple of reasons for that. One is maybe we didn't plan to become entrepreneurs. We didn't plan to get in these business, but also things move fast. If I went and sat down in a college marketing class right now, they'd be telling me things that were relevant 10 years ago, maybe, right? So we have to figure this out as we go. To be successful in business, we have to figure out the best, the fastest, and the most appropriate ways to learn accurately. That's what we do. That's why you're listening to this podcast, hoping to get something out of it. That's why we watch webinars. That's why we, we do all sorts of stuff, including going to events. When I look back at some of the most profound growth stages, maybe in my entrepreneurial history... A lot of them started when I went to an event and I shook a hand or I met somebody or I overheard a conversation standing in a coffee line. I know that last week we interviewed Camille from Emerald Expo and we talked about, you know, basically that the power of trade shows. Today, we have a guest who's also an employee, a member of Emerald Expo, but we're not going to talk about trade shows. We're going to talk about conferences. So if you would help me, I, I know I can't hear you, but applaud or do something to yourself right now. Help me welcome Brian Anderson, who is the, I guess, director is your title of the Prosper Show in Vegas and also with Emerald Expo. So yes, uh, and conference producers, the, the official title, I, I do do a lot of directing. Happy to be here on the AMPM podcast. Thanks for having me, uh, Tim. And uh, I'm glad uh, all of you have joined us to listen in. So I know that, well, we've already spilled the beans, that you're the conference producer, the AKA director of the Prosper Show, which most Amazon sellers have at least heard of the Prosper Show. It's the biggest and most prestigious, at least in, in the US, the Western Hemisphere, I would say. But you have a history in education, right? And, and that's why I think that this episode is going to be important is you're going to be sharing a lot about education and how we can utilize different pieces of tools and resources to to become better educated. So if you would give us like the three, four minute history of your educational background. Sure. It's it's varied and it was a storied past. Uh, so, but I'll start with, uh, you know, uh, starting with my environmental education right out of college uh, with an anthropology degree. Um, I, I've managed to do a lot just from uh, helping to connect the dots and knowing where, what people would like to learn. I had never taught science. It was my 
uh, what, third, third, fourth year out of college, I was uh, teaching teachers how to teach science at Pacific Science Center in Seattle, working with an amazing group of people who I learned a great deal from. I uh, just absorbed everything that they were teaching, everything that they were doing, everything that they were thinking about, doing workshops, doing conferences, seminars, worked my way up to a supervisor in that role. Um, moved there from uh, there to uh, Network for Teaching Entrepreneurship, um, right uh, not far from me now where I am uh, on Wall Street. Um, it's a nonprofit, and I uh, taught teachers how to teach science. In fact, taught our office was at Babson College. I was the Northeast Regional Director, um, and I taught a course at Babson College, uh, a, gra a graduate course on how to teach entrepreneurship, and it was very um, hands-on, uh, immersing them in what a student experience uh, would be. Um, if, uh, so uh, from there, I um, did go into the classroom. I uh, went into the classroom for four years and took that experience, everything I learned there, and Previously, I worked for the State Charter School Resource Center in Massachusetts, uh, bringing uh, educational leaders from across the state of Massachusetts at charter schools together, uh, teachers, principals, heads of school, just to uh, learn what each other were doing. I think there's a lot, there's so much power beyond me talking or someone else talking or lecturing. There's so much more power that you can get from uh, having a conversation with somebody, and that's where networking can be uh, educational as well. Um, and from there, I went to Harvard Medical School, did some uh, mentoring conferences uh, for, uh, for tenured professors there and fellows uh, and, and uh, uh, junior uh, professors who were working their way up. And uh, ended up going from there to uh, doing conferences for the pharmaceutical industry. And that's really uh, the biggest parallel uh, experience that I've had, the one I'm having right now putting together Prosper Show uh, for uh, established Amazon sellers. Uh, so that brings us to the present. Um, really have found a lot of the lessons I've learned, people I've talked to, uh, things that I've done uh, culminating in, in what I love doing here for, you know, for Prosper Show. So. And the history is interesting because a lot of the people running niche specific or industry specific conferences come from that specific industry. Like if you look at a lot of the e-commerce conferences or digital marketing conferences, any of those things, the folks that are running it and the folks that are determining how the education is going to be delivered and taught in those conferences come from that, um, that industry, right? And I think there's some pros to that, but there's also some cons because maybe they're not familiar with the best ways to actually teach, right? Because when you're convincing someone to come to a conference, you're promising them something. You're promising them networking opportunities. You're, you're uh, promising them the ability to, to meet new people, but also to learn new ideas and have uh, people present information to them. If that information is not presented in a way that's going to be absorbed well, then it's a little bit of a waste of time, or maybe it's a missed opportunity, right? So you, Brian, coming from the background of actually teaching people how to teach, I think is a very interesting position that Prosper and, and Emerald Expo has taken in, in giving you that position because it shows that they're really focusing on how do we educate people better? Not just how do we have the biggest influencers on stage or not, you know, just to get the biggest numbers, but to really help this stuff sink in. So going back to, you know, Prosper, I know that Emerald purchased Prosper, I don't know, a couple of years ago and that you've recently taken this position. Correct. You weren't even sure if the show was going to happen this year, right? Yeah. We, but when we started planning the show, who, who knew? Um, we, we knew that uh, from 2019, which would have been our, our, or 2020, our, which would have been our fifth year, that the show was canceled uh, in March. Um, 
but and so that that didn't that gave us some some reason for concern for 2021 for sure uh we rescheduled it and did it virtually uh certainly in um in october which uh, had its own educational challenges and, and ways to um translate what we had done there um what we'd planned to do in person uh, digitally there's just no substitute for doing it in person but yes we we know what's happening i mean certainly people were getting asked a lot more uh in january or february are you really even uh, March, are you really, is this really going to happen? Yeah, it's really going to happen. In fact, our company, uh, Emerald X is our parent company that purchased it from James Thompson, the founder, um, has done five or six events since January safely. Um, we have a whole safety guidelines that we'll follow that's, you know, informed by and guided by CDC, um, uh, all, all of the, uh, the state authorities, local authorities, um, and what's what are the safe, safest practices? But um, we know we're having an, having one now, and uh, we, we know that the concern is very much uh, mollified. And if you're interested in the show, check out prospershow.com, I think is the URL. I'm speaking at it. I know a bunch of my friends are speaking at it. Tons of people are, are coming to hang out and network. But the question has to be asked, Brian. Like You had Prosper Show online the end of last year, right? And people are going to ask, Hey, why not just do it online again? And even yourself, you said, you know, at the beginning of this year, people were asking, is it really going to happen? And I know there's some, some different guidelines and some different restrictions that you have, and there's some different considerations. It's stressful, right? To run this thing in Vegas, you know, on what seems to be the tail end of the pandemic in the U.S. But you must have obviously thought that there was enough value in having an in-person event that it was worth going through the extra stress, Right. Oh yeah! Oh, absolutely. I, I, you know, it, it's not meant to be done. Uh, learning isn't meant to be done digitally. It can be done digitally. Um, I, I'm, but what what it calls for? There is so much value to be placed in having a, a, a you know seeing someone in person, face to face, not uh, screen to screen interactions. Um, you know, you really can't have uh, a workshop or do, do activities or have people have those conversations where they are you know, engaging with one another as, as efficiently, as uh, successfully. Uh, it, uh, so, uh, you know, when it came, when it comes to the choice, there's no substitute for having the in-person event. Um, uh, digital learning has its limitations, has its advantages, uh, but mostly limitations. Um, so it's so thrilled to be doing it in person. And I know that a lot of people have talked about webinar fatigue during COVID you know, in 2020, man, we watched so many webinars and so much online stuff. And I think that there's this misconception that like, we're just tired of it. We're ready for something new. We're ready for those personal connections. But I think that the point that you would make is it's not just that we're tired of online stuff, but that teaching can be done more effectively and learning can be done more effectively in person. So for those of us that are getting back on the the conference train, so whether it be like a, a big conference, like prosper in July, or whether it's a small local meetup in person. For those of us that are starting to go back to events, can you give us maybe some best practices on how to capitalize on those times and, and that investment that we're making, uh, per- particularly when it comes to education? How do we go and learn the most at an event, you being an educational and event planning expert? Look at it ahead of time. You look at the agenda ahead of time and know what you want to get out of it. If there are multiple uh, sessions taking place at one time, send go with more than one person from your company. Um, you can either divide and conquer, or you can go to the same one and kind of get jazzed about the same topic. But there's there's a lot to be said in not just having 
one person go and then come back and uh, try to institute things. Uh, it helps to have someone else there who can relate to those learnings. Um, know who's going to be there. Know who you want to talk to ahead of time. Not just you can't know that from attendees, but certainly the the speakers. Uh, uh, you know what are their backgrounds? Uh, what are you going to want to do? So so a little bit of research done ahead of time, uh, and, and as well. Um, make sure you bring something back. I, I would say if you are having someone uh, from your company go uh, because they're your Amazon account uh, director or online account manager, um, have them bring something back. Have them share with you what they're bringing back. Um, that's helpful to them. That's helpful to you because you know what they're learning. Uh, they know what they learn. They, they're somewhat held accountable. Uh, and not that they're not, they're just not inclined to do that for themselves. Uh, they're not inclined to think, well, I got to go back and I got to bring something back. Here's the key takeaways that I think are going to help us most uh, based on what our needs are. So, uh, so and along those lines, what are those needs? Before you go there, what do you think we need to do? Uh, ask, ask your manager, ask the head of the, ask the head of your company. What do you think? And that's something I've never done. Like I've never had an objectives game plan going to a conference, but it makes sense because typically what I do is I look at the conference roster and I think, oh, that sounds interesting. That sounds interesting. I'll go sit in this one. I know this guy. I'll, I'll listen to him. But what you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, is instead of going to what's interesting, literally have a game plan of what does my company or what does my business need to know and make sure that you're attending the sessions or getting the education that will most furthest move the needle in your business. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to look at, uh, you have to look at what, what you're going to do. Uh, come up with a game plan. There are three sessions taking place in, in every, at ours, and some even more. Three sessions taking place in every time slot. Uh, know ahead of time which ones you're going to do. And if you're going with more than one person, you know, coordinate it. Who should go to which, which one, uh, depending on what, what your strengths are, what your interests are. And, and at what point are you going to catch up? Uh, uh, other than on the plane ride on the way home, even if that, what, what point are you going to meet with them afterwards or during the event to say, hey, this session was great. Here's a couple of things I think we're going to bring back. Let's talk about it when we get back to the office. And then you're, you're forcing yourself to think about, you know, well, I'm going to be meeting with my colleagues. Let me just jot down a couple major points that I want to make sure I, I share with them. And, you, and they would be amazed at the number, I think, of the number of different connections and interrelationships of especially tra uh, sessions that are in the same track. Uh, so, uh, and, and even those that aren't. So you're talking about, you know, basically catching up and debriefing with colleagues. And that could be said for just other business owners. If, if you're listening, you're coming to something like Prosper and you're a solopreneur, like there are still people that you can network with. How do you go about debriefing or how do you go about reviewing this content for Max Effect as a professional educator? And I'll tell you why I ask is because I can't tell you how many conferences I've been to where I take so many notes and I'm writing down so many things in this notebook and then I never open the notebook again. It's like I go there and I get motivated, I get inspired, I hear all this great stuff, but then, you know, on the plane ride home, I've forgotten about it. There, And that's where the, what three things are, I've done the same thing uh, where I don't, I don't open that notebook again. But what I have done is I have, uh, you know, gone away with, here's a couple things that we want to, you know, that, you know, our company wants to do, what, what should we go to? Uh, let's report back on that. Um, and so I've worked with people to do that, I should say. Um, I've worked with people, we have a buddy system uh, that I've done a couple, a couple of my workshops and I used to do with teachers. Um, find the person you're sitting next to, okay? In six weeks time, I'm going to send you an email. Three weeks time, even better. Uh, and I'm going to say, hey, uh, remember, you are going to connect with 
your person about the one goal that you set for yourself to achieve in the next three weeks. So that's, that's, a, that's a nice, what's that first step? Know what the first step is going to be when you get back and who are the people you have to talk to. And don't wait a month. Start that. There's always something that you can take back that you can start the next day upon returning to work. Know what that is. And if you have a buddy who you said, okay, well, hey, let's check back with each other in three weeks and see where each other are. You're going to be held accountable. They know they're going to be held accountable. And it really does propel you to get that moving forward. All right. So, Brian, we're talking about these great concepts of, you know, dividing and conquering for content. We're talking about these great concepts of accountability partners. But a lot of e-commerce sellers are solopreneurs. They're, you know, one-man wolf packs, as as they like to say in uh, The Hangover, right? If I am that person, if I'm that person that doesn't know anybody in the industry, that person that doesn't have any friends, that doesn't have any colleagues, that doesn't have any accountability partners, how do I go about finding someone like that at an event like Prosper? Well, um, actually, I'll I'll mention one of the sessions that we're having, um, and it's called a, a think tank. And the think tank, um, it's something I, it's something I learned my, uh, what, fifth year out of college, saw someone do this. It was, it's a carousel activity with a group who they're, you know, say it's about advertising. One group's going to talk about advertising on Amazon. One group's going to talk, start with advertising off of Amazon. Another group might be talking about, oh, let's do uh, online uh, chatbots, so social media kind of opportunities. Um, each group is going to contribute to the list. So I get our group of eight people. We get a list. We write down our best practices for on Amazon. After 10, 15 minutes, we give it. To, we give our groups. To, it goes to the next station. We receive off of Amazon. We wow, these are some great ideas. They go through the list. They add to the bottom. Third station. Third group completes. It comes back to the main group, and then they the the, the assignment is come up with the come to a consensus on what are the top two, number one and number two. And the conversation that ensues there ensues there is is a very rich one. But um, the point being, we're we're doing this at Prosper. I'll mention um, I never thought that that would work in the conference realm until one morning, the day one of my conference, the morning of day one, my first two speakers that day canceled, and I said, I have no content, I have no speakers. What I'm going to do? I did this, and the number one critique that we got, the number one criticism we got after the event was all said and done, after two days, was that thing you did on Monday morning. You should you should have done more of that. You should have started out day two with that. Uh, that was the number one rated session at that conference in each of the eight times that I did it subsequent to that. Um, and it's because people are having those, converse, those rich conversations saying, okay, well, what do you do? How do you do that? Um, well, we can't do that. We're not that size. But how could we do that kind of thing uh, as a smaller business? Uh, it's some problem solving. Some, and, and that's a great opportunity for people to follow up. And, and it's one of the, um, and we won't uh, hold people accountable to it, but it's one of the things that we will suggest. You turn to the person to you um, and uh, talk about what you're going to do next. Well, I think that's a great idea because, you know, as, as great as the speakers are going to be, you know, you've got experts in different fields that are going to stand on stage and, you know, dump as much great information and wisdom as they can. One of the most powerful things that you get at these live events is the group mind, the hive mind, like, you know, the the power of community thinking, Right. I have learned more sitting around a lunch table with a bunch of strangers probably than I ever have listening to someone on stage, which is saying a lot because I've heard a lot of great people on stage. So I do think going back to like, is it valuable to go to in-person events? I think this is another point is you're going to learn more standing coffee line than you might listening to a session, right? Or you're going to make that one connection. And I think that I can see some touches of things, obviously, that, that you're putting on Prosper 
this year that have not been there in the past like this, where you're forcing people to start thinking together and think creatively and also introducing. What about networking events? I know that it's not just going and standing on stage. You have a lot of networking that goes in on the trade show floor because you have a lot of sponsors. And you also have even actual networking events like uh, I think Wednesday night you have one going on, right? Wednesday night, yeah. It's a, exhibit all floor is open. We do have that. Um, so for two hours, people can uh, mill about, just talk. No, no sessions going on, nothing to compete with. Um, the, 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 uh, the carousel uh, format that I was just kind of talking to you about this session. We're doing that on the morning of day two. Uh, it's called the sellers only think tank. It'll only be uh, sellers in the room, sellers who aren't service providers. So just peers uh, talking to each other without a vested interest other than, you know, finding out what each other are doing and, and helping their company not to sell their services. Um, uh, we have a Brella app uh, that they, they've, they've done for three or four, this might be its fourth year now, and it's a matchmaking app. You indicate what you're interested in learning about um, in what categories, and it matches you with the people who answered you know, most, most corresponding, best matches. Uh, and then you can say, oh, I'd like to talk to this person. This sounds interesting. Um, you go on the app. You say, I want to talk with you for 15 minutes. They say, okay, and it assigns you. It will have 40, as many as 60. It depends on, um, it depends, uh, on the space we have there left. Um, but at least 40 tables set up and it'll sign you 15 minutes at table one at that time. And so we'll, so that's a, people love that. Actually, when I started my research, when I first started here in uh, 2019, uh, and I asked people, what did, what did they like the most? Uh, people said, we love, we love Brella. We, that really worked for us. They got to have many conversations and uh, there were 15 minutes. And if they want to continue after that, they did. Um, or beyond that, they, they did. Uh, so that's, that's another thing that we do on, on the floor. Um, and then I would also mention uh, we're having a lot more sellers presenting as well as uh, being on panels than ha has happened in the past 15 sellers um, of the 50 presenters. Um, and so there's going to be a lot of conversations that will ensue you know, with those with those sellers. We're getting it started uh, from uh, from that level of conversation as well, not just from the experts. So let me change topics for a second and ask you this. As you're putting together a show like this, you have just almost an unlimited number of, of opportunities for the type of content, the presenters, everybody wants to be involved. And you have to sit down and figure out what is going to be the most impactful to the attendees. And that probably very closely parallels the question of what are the hot topics in the industry this year? Like, what are the things that people most want to learn about, most want to know about, the things that people are most interested to learn? Can you give us an idea of, it doesn't even have to be about Prosper, but like, what are you seeing this year that are the hot topics that everybody wants to hear about? It's kind of on a, on a micro level. We, but I, I will mention to that point, the frame that we put around it that, that's new to Prosper this year are, are themed tracks. So we've, you know, driving traffic. So uh, we know that's going to be a very popular one. Advertising is always popular. So we're going to do that on both days. Then we have four other uh, one-day tracks. So this is the framework that we build before we put in the, the wood and the, the lighting and the uh, and everything else into the house. Um, so we also have one on protecting your business. We have one on maximizing your uh, impact, say, of your listing, optimizing your efficiency as a, as a leader, as a worker, how do you do things more efficiently, and then um, uh, manage and grow your business is big. So uh, and on that note, I'll, I'm glad we uh, seg I'll segue into big topic this year, how, uh, selling your business. Uh, so we have a few sessions on that. Uh, big topic this year, just came up, uh, especially this since Q4 of last year, uh, managing your uh, inventory, uh, limitations placed on restock 
uh, just out of the blue. How do you manage that? As well as um, the international supply chain uh, uh, mix, uh, just uh, the snarls, put it lightly. So we have a session on each one of those. Um, so uh, video, we have a workshop and two, two presentations on that. Um, Rick Cesari is going to do one of those uh, presentations. Um, uh, those those are the ones that, that come to mind. Those are the, the three hottest topics. Uh, but you know, once you get those uh, that framework, and I know I've now I have ses seven sessions. What are the what are the topics within driving traffic? Do people want to learn about? Oh, social influencers. Let's do that. You know, let's. What what else do they need to know? Oh, how does it work on Walmart? We just added added a great session on that. On that, as as you know, uh, Tim will be presenting that session. <laughs> um, so you fill in you fill in what's what what they need to know, and then you find out. Okay, now what are they? What's the best format? Is this a is this a panel session? Do they want to hear multiple perspectives? What are they? What's going to get them to to? What's going to address the seller's needs most? Maybe it's a workshop. Maybe it's a co presentation. Maybe it's just a straight up uh, solo presentation. We have a a mix, and and it's not happenstance uh, for what they each are. It's very uh, in, in intentional for you know what form is going to be the best for engagement and dissemination of knowledge uh based on what what uh, what we're hearing from sellers you don't traditionally come from the e-commerce world right this is fairly new to you you've run a lot of conferences you've you've been involved in education to do this right you must have had a lot of input from other people in the industry. I know there's an advisory council that you work closely with that are that are pitching in and helping you determine like the the hot topics and and what to present on how to how to set this up. Just very candidly, do you feel like the e-commerce industry is more willing to jump in and help as a community and more people are willing to give a little bit more than other industries or is that just my perception that's wrong? I would say that that perception I wouldn't I would say it's the same in every industry. That you, where you have passion uh, people who are passionate about what they do, uh, then there is there are those people who are very um, much interested in helping others get to where they were. Um, we and and people on our advisory council, and we're talking about education today, not so much content uh, per se. Uh, but I will say they get half of the credit for the great agenda, more than half, even more than half the credit. They, I, this would not be the same event without people who are not just experts, uh, preeminent experts in their field of knowledge, but just really smart people and people who are really uh, willing to give. Uh, that's, that was like, those are the three criteria for, for who, who's going to be on the council. Um, and uh, they're all just so much, they're so amazing to work with as, you know, are, are so many of the speakers who are, I know are going to be putting in a lot of time and effort to make sure they're, they're putting their best foot forward. So they're, you know, something they can be proud of and they can do right by their their attendees they don't want to let anybody down so that's a good really good question though i'd say there are there there are professions where there isn't passion that there's just people who are there for the money uh but people have real strong feelings about their their businesses and and yeah well the reason i ask this and and i think you proved the point that i was hoping you'd make is a lot of people because e-commerce is so new and this e-com entrepreneurism stuff is so new that people think that what's happening right now is not going to last. And when I say the things that are happening now are the communities, um, the resources, the people that are helping people. Everybody's trying to elevate each other for the most part. And I've heard talk that that's not going to last forever. Once this becomes a more established industry or once these businesses become more, they'll stop helping. But what you're saying is, hey, as long as there's passion, it doesn't matter the industry, everybody continues to help. 
And this is so powerful and so important for you listeners to understand because we can't do it alone. There is way too much out there for me to figure out myself. I am the CFO, the CMO, the CEO, the COO, the CGO, right? I'm the bookkeeper. I'm the warehouse guy. I'm the digital marketer. Like any e-commerce business, that's just, we, we do all those things. So if we don't have a lot of help supporting us and helping us learn these things and become better, we're not going to get better. And I think that, that what Brian just said is very, very powerful because that shouldn't stop. That's not just a weird e-com thing that's happening this year and last year and the year before. Like this is something that's going to continue to happen. So whether you're, you're trudging along and you're struggling a little bit, whether you're succeeding in your e-commerce business or you just got started, I think that it's safe to say, and Brian, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that this community and the willingness of the community to always support other members of the community will continue to be the same. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, there will always be that here. There will always be people who are wanting to know how they can do better, and 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 that's who comes to this, and they come with come to prosper with with some real zeal. If if what I hear uh, from every, all the research that I've done and all of the advisory or advisory council and all of the speakers that I've talked to for, that have been to this before, uh, there is a lot of real uh, you know, ardent passions behind people who who just can't wait to get back together and see each other face to face um, and, and swap ideas and talk about what each other have learned and what each other are doing with their business for. Um, not just to relate to another human being after post COVID, but even before COVID uh, so that they can um, give meaning, I think a little bit to uh, uh, what they're doing. Uh, uh, Filter and Prosper Show is also um there's a, it's a world. Amazon is a world out there, as you know. That is, you know, who knows what they're thinking? Who knows what they're going to do? And there's just a lot of noise out there around the marketplace. What should be we paying attention to? What what shouldn't they be? What here's what you need to do. Uh, Prosper Show helps figure out the noise through the education and the and the networking opportunities that it has. And I think that's I think generally speaking, that's what a good conference should do. We don't have a pay-to-play model. If we had a pay-to-play model, it might be different. You'd be hearing from people who, who paid the most for, for people to step up and uh, stand on the stage. We don't have that. Ours is, you know, you want to look for that conference. Uh, spot, speaking of, as you asked earlier, how do you get the most out of a conference? Make sure you choose a conference that is, is putting your needs first, that has a reputation for doing that. Uh, ask questions. Uh, and, um, and, and if they didn't do it for you one year, don't go back. Uh, so... Um, and if you do go, and if you do go one year and they, they don't do it right, but you think you want to go back, you know what the first, one of the first things I will, I can't wait to read the evaluations after an event. That's like the fir- first. That would terrify to- me. If I were in your position, reading the evaluations would cause me great anxiety, I think. Yeah. Well, we want to know how we do and how we can do better. It's always about evolving. It's the same thing in business. If you don't, if you're a seller and you're not keeping up with what the market wants and you're not keeping up with the innovations, not just in terms of the practices, but in terms of your product, uh, you're not going to be in business very long. You shouldn't be. You have to continue to evolve with, with the, the, with the marketplace. Uh, and that, yep. that's, that's, I think, I think essential. And you have to have that drive uh, if, if you want to, if you want to not just grow, but if you want to survive. So. Well, I think that, that, and you're not going to like this, Brian, but I'm, I'm going to make a statement to our listeners. The power of events, you know, we, we've talked a lot about Prosper because it is the one that I think the industry, at least in the U.S., North America, gets the most excited about every year, right? This isn't just a big pitch fest for Prosper. This is really a pitch fest for getting off your seats, getting back in front of people's faces and, and you know, shaking hands and learning from each other. I, I will say that something like 
prosper. Something like conferences are so powerful, and this is the part you don't want to hear, Brian, that I know a lot of people that go that don't even buy tickets. But there is so much power in just getting people together that you have, I call them lobby lurkers, right? The people that show up at events like this don't even buy a ticket to the event. They just hang out in the hotel lobbies and they go to the networking events because there's just so much value in getting around like-minded people. I have a lot of friends in this industry that that even this morning I was texting some folks, um, even some past, past um, guests on this podcast, that it's like going back to summer camp. You know, like we are dying to get back to Prosper and get back to Vegas because it's like our family. And e-commerce, a lot of times can be lonely. You know, a lot of times we're working by ourselves. And we talked about this in other episodes. And our friends and our family locally don't understand what we're doing. They don't get it. And just getting back and, and meeting with like-minded people and people that understand our struggles and our successes that we can talk to, it's refreshing and it's great. So I would tell you that, that even if you cannot, cannot bring yourself to buy a ticket to go to Prosper, Buy a cheap airline ticket and just go to Vegas and hang out that week. If if that week doesn't work, find another conference to go hang out. But I would behoove you to to become more involved in these conferences. If you are a lobby lurker, go buy a ticket to this thing because now that e-commerce is starting to mature, and because remember, it's fairly new. All this is only a few years old, essentially, that conferences like Prosper are now doing things like bringing in folks like Brian that are traditional educators. They're, they're professionals in education, right? They're adding in components to these conferences that will help you network and learn from each other and learn from people in a way that is actually designed and engineered from true education principles, right? And that's very new to this industry. So I hope that that's a, that's a good admonition for all of you listening that we're on the fence about going to any conferences here to get off your butt and do it. The worst that can happen is you go to Vegas for a couple of days, you don't meet anybody, and you turn around and you go home. Not a, not a huge loss. The best thing that happens is you go and you change your life and you change your business, right? Because of one handshake, one introduction, one tip that changes everything for you. So, Brian, as we wrap up, any any last kind of updates? I know we've talked about Prosper a lot, of, of what to expect at Prosper this year for those of us that are going or maybe to get those excited that aren't going and, and convince them to go. Anything that we haven't talked about yet? The caliber of people that I've talked to that have been to this event, that have spoken at this event, um, are, are just um, amazing people. They, they come to this for a reason. They're looking to see you if you're, look, if, if you're there. Um, and uh, I, I would also just like to echo what you were just mentioning. I often think, hey, um, of the scene from Blues Brothers where they say, hey, we're getting the band back together. <laughs> yep. We're getting the band back together. And, and um, sometimes there are some people we've, you know, some favorites that, 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 uh, that present every year. Um, we, have, we have some people that we like to mix in there who, who, who should have been on the band last year. So it, it is, but in effect, it's the same kind of band. It's the same kind of spirit. And people turn out to, to not just stand in the audience and cheer for them. It's even better than that because people show up to, uh, to be with each other, uh, to be with people who like the same things, who are like-minded uh, and, and have conversations with them. Um, and we're looking, to, looking forward to bringing the band back together and bringing everyone back together. So far, we, we, we haven't touched upon... Uh, you know, we are our speaking faculty. You know, they are the band. One of the things that I mentioned, uh, one of the things that's very much changed this year, we have um, a lot of sellers, uh, 15. Uh, they're going to be presenting their perspectives. And we have uh, nine uh, former Amazon insiders uh, who are on the speaking faculty. And, and uh, that's uh, not more than we've had to date. It's certainly equal to uh, than the most we've had to date. Um, there to share kind of what their, their experiences are. 
Uh, so we have a good mix of people who have presented before, uh, who haven't presented before, a good mix of people who are former Amazon sellers or former Amazon insiders, a group, a group that are that are good, uh, that are sellers. Um, so I think we have a really good mix of sessions, uh, a really good mix of speakers, a really good balance of content. Um, and uh, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. I I know that we talked a lot about Prosper, but for those of you that aren't coming to Prosper or can't make it to Prosper, just keep in mind that everything we've talked about is agnostic to what conference we're talking about. Like it, it all works, you know, get out there, shake some hands, meet some people, continue to educate yourself. E-commerce is moving so fast that if you continue doing today what you were doing six months ago, you're going to get left in the dust. That just happens. Brian, thank you for being on. I look forward to getting to meet you in person. I look forward to seeing the changes that come about this year at Prosper from the past years and and how we're uh, incorporating some more thought out educational processes and systems into the conference, which should should definitely add some stickiness to all the great wisdom that's being shared by other speakers and contributors. So thank you for that. You do have a discount code, right? If anybody is thinking about going to Prosper, if you've listened to the end of this episode, you get 15% off a ticket right now because we're going to drop the code here. Do you want to talk about what that is? Yes. If you go to prospershow.com and you use AMPM21 when you register, uh, you will save 15% off of registration of a conference pass. Uh, so we hope that you'll do that and we hope that we will see you there. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all that support the podcast and everything we do. Remember, this podcast is not just a podcast. This podcast helps represent a community of awesome folks. Uh, it helps represent a community of people that love getting together at events. And and a lot of you listeners, I can't wait to meet in person when we get to these events again now that COVID's wrapping up. And remember, there is a community. If you want to go to Facebook, Join the Facebook group, FBA High Rollers. That's the Facebook group that's kind of associated with this uh, this podcast. Check out past episodes at ampm.com. If you're watching this on YouTube, give us a thumbs up and a like and a subscribe. If you're watching or listening to this, I should say, on any of the major podcast platforms, whether it's Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, make sure to leave us a review on this podcast and let us know how we're doing. We do read those reviews and we sure would appreciate it. Thank you all for being here. We'll see you on the next one.